Matt Wright, and Spike Cohen. Yeah. Good. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike Alexander Salmonton Cohen, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. That's only partially Jewish. Well, you can't have ham. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, there's so (laughs) many layers to that. Yeah, you can't have ham. So it's Salmonton. Wow. Folks, thanks so much for tuning in to this only mildly anti-Semitic episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom. 50% less anti-Semitic than we typically are, right off the bat. This is a Muddy Waters media production. Check us out everywhere, all social media platforms, all podcasting platforms, all the various platforms. Check us out on all of them. Like, subscribe, and hit bells, and press buttons, and share, and comment, and like other people's comments, and share their comments. Make screenshots of comments from this show and then share those. That doesn't re- no, that doesn't help us. Don't bother with that. But do like these comments. <laughs> do make your own comments. Get Encourage people to like your comments and then go and put it out there to help the algorithm. Uh, and again, yes, if you do uh, subscribe, be sure to hit the bell on YouTube. You want your phone to just explode with notification. Give the gift of muddy waters today. Yes, first and foremost, allow me to thank the wonderful the wonderful people at uh, Muddied Waters Media for buying me this kava today, um, <laughs> i.e. I bought it. Um, so thank you, me, for this wow. delicious kava I am drinking I'd today. Like, I'd like to thank me for buying for this. I'd actually like to thank Le Bleu for this delicious water that I'm drinking. And when I'm finished with this bottle, I'd like to thank Nestle Pure Life, rare hybrid water episode of this show. Not only not as anti-Semitic, but also only half kosher water. I don't know if this is kosher. So So we might offset that lack of anti-Semitism by drinking non-kosher water on the show. Thank you so much. Bula Vinaka. Bula Vinaka. This, ep- this episode, of course, is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the second largest caucus in the Libertarian Party, and the fastest growing one. At this rate, we will be the largest caucus in the Libertarian Party in about the next year and a half or two, making this the final punchline that it was meant to be. If you'd like to become a member of the Waffle House Caucus, go to the Facebook group Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. Uh, if you want to become an official voting member, which means literally nothing because we don't do we do not do anything, uh, go to muddywatersmedia.com slash store and uh, pick up some sweet-ass Waffle House Caucus merchandise right there. The Gravy King, Cumberland Cannabis. If you'd like to buy some safe, effective, and ethical, viable, that's not what that says, viable, ethical, and effective uh, cannabis from Cumberland County, Tennessee, then we have some great news for you. Go to CumberlandCannabisCo.com and you can get some great CBD and Delta 8 products. It's like weed, except you probably won't go to jail. CumberlandCannabisCo.com. Joe Solosky, he's running for governor of Pennsylvania. He is the key to Pennsylvania's success. And if you want to help Joe, this amazing man right here, beautiful man, become the first libertarian governor ever Go to joesolosky.com. That's J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I.com. And if you'd like to help Jack Casey become... Jack Casey has written three books. The first one is The Royal Green. 
The second one is in silver, throned, and then the third one is crowned by gold, which has finally come out after 17 long years of waiting. That's what it felt like. Uh, I have no idea what these books are about, neither does Matt, and we don't really care, but we want you to buy them because he pays us to tell you to. Uh, and if they're good, then even better. And if not, then <laughs> Adderpan is a horrifying game, scares me, and it should scare you. If you want to play a game that makes you fear for your life and have panic attacks for no good reason, go to Steam. Steam is where you can get games like this. I don't know why, but you can get it for $5. And you too, for the low, low price of $5 and the ongoing mental health care that you will need for the rest of your life, for you and your children, uh, you can play Adderpan. And I don't know why they made this. It's just a most, it's horrifying. It is, I don't know why, I don't know what is wrong with Kyle and why he made this. But he did, and he paid us to tell you about it. So here we are. If you want to be really just scared, if you just don't have enough fear and like anxiety in your life, then Adderpan, available on Steam, $5. Fierce Luxury by Ashley. If you want to have some retail therapy after playing frickin' Adderpan, then you can go to Fierce Luxury by Ashley, and a different Ashley than the one we're about to talk to in a, in a, in a moment. But this Ashley, the first Ashley we're talking about, uh, she has high-end bags and accessories like Louis Vuitton, Coach, and Hermes. And you can go to FierceLuxuryByAshley.com and buy all these things, or you can sell your own there. You can consign your stuff to her as long as it's nice. Don't bring her garbage. And if you, and you can consign with her, it's 30% fee that she charges which is 20% less than most people who charge 50%, those bastards. But she has solved this problem by doing it for only 30%. Fierce Luxury by Ashley.com or the exclusive Facebook group, Fierce Luxury by Ashley. Thomas Queter says that he can run better than Albany. <laughs> it's funny because he's in a wheelchair. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's... I feel uncomfortable every time Thomas Queter asks us to make fun of his disability. But... He did, and he paid us to. So here we are. Thomas Queter is one of the kindest and most amazing and most principled and most trustworthy and most empathetic human beings I've ever met in my life. Uh, and uh, I really think that no one is better suited to represent the people of the 52nd District of New York than Thomas Queter. I knocked on doors with him uh, in Binghamton last year, and this the passion this man ha- has for helping others is unparalleled so if you want to help thomas queter in his run get it for state senate uh go to tom for 52 that's t-o-m-f-o-r-5-2 dot com matt the comments are in right now are nuts uh eric eric brunhammer says luckily we only Luckily, we only have waffle apartments near me. I got to drive two states away for a waffle house. And then (laughs) Scientific Libertarian 2.0 says they have waffle homeless camps in California. Oh, so it's already off the rails before we've even started. It's yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. We haven't even gotten to the show, and it's gone. That's what no. happens when you open with Norm. Um, and that's true. Also no, guaranteeing, we, 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 yeah. Also guaranteeing that our title will come true because Conan will pull all of our money. Um, we already knew we're, we're going to get demonetized. There's not a shot in hell we're getting a penny from this episode. We already knew that going into it. The man just died, and, you know, I'm going to honor him. And, you know, it's the right – it's what had to be done. It's what had to be done. Everyone needed to know this It story. had to I'm be done. I agree. To know. 
now, here is another story of a great person that you should know. Uh, she is our guest tonight, uh, and she is running for city council. We, have, uh, we actually had her early on uh, when her campaign started. And uh, we are having her on because her election's coming up soon, and uh, she's going to give us an update on her campaign. And I'm going to remember in this moment how to do the transition over to her without it looking weird for a minute. So let's find out together if we're able to do that. Uh, folks, uh, join us in welcoming our guest, Ashley Shade. Please, please, God, work. Please, Ashley Shade. And this, ah, okay. Uh, so close. New, with, uh, oh, gosh. So oh, it's because, okay, wait. Yes, I did it. Ashley Shade with minimal, with minimal, minimal problems there. Ashley, thank you so much again for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, great way to start off the show with Norm. Um, very tragic that he is no longer going to be with us. He's a great comedian. Yes. Uh, so thanks for paying respect to to a legend. Yeah, absolutely. Norm, Norm is both yeah. mine and Matt's favorite comedian, and it was since, brutal. Since I was a up. kid. Yeah, all, has been. Yeah, since I was a kid, I, I, first, first stand up I ever loved was his, yeah. and since then, his his, his stint uh, writing for Roseanne and SNL and everything else, yeah. like fantastic. Just yeah, that no, guy was a genius, and yeah, he, he is. He was missed. a legend. He was a legend. We're going to talk about him a little bit more uh, later on during the uh, during our, our rapid fire segment. But Ashley, give us an update. So you are running for uh, City Council of North Adams, Massachusetts. Is that am I saying that correctly? Yes, that is correct. That's awesome. So give us an update. How are things going with the with the campaign there? Things are going really well. Um, so we are at the point now. The last time I came on was actually the day I announced my candidacy. And here we are in the middle of November or, or September. Uh, election day is coming up on November 2nd. And things are going really well. We have uh, we have 14 people running for nine seats. Uh, all of the seats here in North Adams are at-large seats. So the top nine vote getters will get a seat on the council. And there are currently only uh, six incumbents. Uh, in the race. So we will have a minimum of at least three new people uh, elected to the city council here in North Adams. Uh, we're really excited about our chances with our campaign. Um, things are going well. The reception in the community has been great. Uh, last month, we were able to table at the downtown festival here in North Adams, hand out literature. Uh, we got these amazing magnets that have um, crisis hotline numbers on them because one of my planks is talking more about mental health awareness and by giving out these magnets with these mental health crisis hotlines on them it gives people the opportunity to have a little more access right. um, so we're doing these little things to to get out there and be a little different um, and the odds uh the odds are looking good at the moment uh, we feel really confident uh that we have a good chance but we do uh definitely still need some help from volunteers uh, in october we're going to start our phone and text baking drives um, and we are looking for people willing to come help us canvas so we have uh, 5,000 pieces of literature that we're going to hand out to every door in north adams and we would love to have some help with that um, whether that's 
through coming out here and helping us canvas or sending donations so we can pay people to canvas. We'd love to do that. Uh, and you can visit the website ashleyshade.com uh, to donate or to sign up to volunteer or to get a hold of us. Um, we're really excited about our chances and we've got uh, just under two months left. Um, also, just to make the pitch, Saturday is my birthday. So oh. if you want to send me a birthday present, send a small donation to the campaign. Uh, that's the best way right now that you can help me by saying happy birthday is giving me the opportunity to be an elected representative for both the Libertarian Party and my community, where I can be a force to help the members of my community understand libertarian values and principles and how they can effectively make our government here better and less intrusive in our daily lives. That's amazing. So it's so your birthday's on Saturday. So happy early birthday. Thank happy you. early birthday, yeah. And happy so, early birthday. Um, go, no, go are you, I was just wondering, are, are you trying to reach any fundraising? Is there is there a goal that we're trying to reach on Saturday or is it uh, you're just whatever? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can tell you this right now. The great thing about fundraising is I haven't had to do it in several months, okay? Uh, when I came on the show early on, we set a, an early goal of That's 5, not an 000. issue most libertarians have. I was going to say. Most libertarians not. aren't like, I haven't had to do that in months. We haven't heard that <laughs> often, Ashley. <laughs> well, I'm going to be very honest with everybody. We came in with our original goal of $5,000 when I first came on your show. Mm -hmm. We ended right. up raising that in 33 days. Okay. We then launched a second fundraiser in June to raise $1,700 during Pride Month. Uh, that $1,700 was gonna put us over 7,500 for the entire campaign. We raised that $1,700 in six days. So we've currently raised more than $8,000 for this campaign. However, with, with the expanded, um, you know, I, I live in a community where there's a lot of seniors and a, and a much higher older population. Um, and a lot of people here are much more cautious about potential COVID and things like that, uh, yeah. which means we need to send more things by mail and communicate in other ways through advertising, um, through mail, rather than kind of the face-to-face -face conversations. I'd love to have more of them. But a lot of people aren't, aren't really comfortable with that in the community, and we have to respect mm -hmm. the people in the community and what they're okay with. Um, right. So by donating some more money to the campaign, if we could raise an extra $1,000, uh, that would be used to uh, run some radio advertisements and some local TV advertisements to really get out in front of uh, the residents of North Adams with our message of compassion, education, and love. Um, so I know I know it's rare for libertarian candidates to hit their fundraising goals, but uh, we not only hit ours, but we've surpassed ours at every point of this race. And I'd like to hit this next goal so that we can we can do something really special with that and, and use this last push to uh, really get out in front of our our uh, of the residents here in North Adams. Uh, no other candidate for city council in my city has ever spent more than uh, $5,000. Um, so the fact that we've been able to raise as much as we have has been a blessing. Uh, and it's why I haven't had to ask for more money uh, anytime recently. We've been putting it to work. Um, but I'd love to pay some volunteers to help us with uh, door knocking. I'd like to actually pay my canvassers, something also that you don't hear a lot about in libertarian elections. Yes. Is 
Thanks. Almost, <laughs> almost never. Yes, almost never. Almost never. So, yeah. I'd like, I'd like to have I've, the opportunity to do that and also run these advertisements and really get out in front of people. Yeah, that's Matt. You know about that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've knocked on a lot of doors for free in my lifetime. Um, lots of them. <laughs> I had to start working for the Republicans in order to start getting paid to do it. Um, <laughs> so we want to, we want to change yeah, that. So, we want, we want people to run, knock. Yeah, on we, doors we want to change that. Day. So we so definitely Ashley, want to change that. We... So Ashley, how? So uh, your goal, right? Soft, basically a soft goal of a thousand dollars, which if uh, past his prologue, you should hit by the time this interview is over. Um, so, uh, uh, so, but how can people reach out to you? So you you mentioned your website and social. Uh, what are the different ways people can reach out to help you to help volunteer and to, and to donate? Yeah, you can reach out to us at ashleyshade.com. Uh, you can also reach us on social media at a shade for office, the number four. So that's a shade for office on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, uh, we are on all the social media platforms there. And again, ashleyshade.com. Uh, if you're somebody who wants to have a conversation before you donate and you're willing to, to make a big donation, you can actually schedule an appointment with me online on my website, ashleyshade.com. We can sit down together. I'd be happy to talk to you and let you know where your money's going to. Um, so if that's something you need, we can do that as well. If you're looking to volunteer, you can visit our website and fill out our form or messages directly on our pages. Uh, we'd love to have more people involved. We'd love to raise uh, a bit more money here and uh, no better birthday present I can think of been helping me get elected to office and share libertarian values and principles in my community. It'll be a birthday gift for all of us to have you in there it, sharing libertarian For everybody. Principles. Exactly. Absolutely. A, a, well, a gift that keeps on giving. It's the Exactly. It's the gift that get. How long is the term? Uh, the term is for two years. Okay. It's, it's the gift that gives for an absolute minimum of two years. <laughs> two so, years. So, Ashley, thank you again for coming on. AshleyShade.com, A Shade for Office. Uh, everyone go and help Ashley. Ashley, we are always happy to have you on here. You are a friend of the show and a friend of each of us as well. We love you. Thank you again, Ashley. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. yeah. Thank you Appreciate so much it. for thank having you. me. I just want to throw out real quick. Uh, sure. We actually have two vacancies currently on our city council. Uh, so the two non-incumbent highest vote getters are actually going to get sworn in on day one right there after election day. So oh. this might start before January. We can even get in two months oh, early man. and start making no, some things November happen. November 3rd. So we can we can win on November 2nd and get sworn in on November 3rd and get to work. Let's do it. So then it'll be the gift that gives for it. two years and two months. Ashley, thank you again for coming on. Everyone 20, go help Ashley. The 26-month gift. The 26-month <laughs> gift. <laughs> Ashley, thank you so much for coming on. Have a great rest of your night. Everyone go help Ashley. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And now we're going to see if I can do the transition back to this where it doesn't cut off me and – yes! Yeah. Yes! It's like we have a real producer. I did <laughs> it's it. It's not just us fumbling. It's not just us screwing up. I did it! And then, I mean, it kind of offsets it then when I celebrate afterwards. So it's totally – I nailed it. It's just nothing coming over to this. Uh as our good friend Jimmy Smith that used to be with the Jacksonville Jaguars would say, act like you've been there before. Um, but no. <laughs> no Every time it's new. We did it. We, we transitioned did. over to this panel perfectly. 
So, folks, everyone go help. AshleyShade.com, A Shade for Office. Don't go there now. Watch the rest of this show and then go over there. Okay? Unless you're like watching on your TV and you have your phone in your hand and you're oh, like playing yeah, video games on your phone. Yeah, but also, yeah. but if you have an extra, don't turn off this screen. Leave yeah. this screen on. Keep this going. And go or on a different screen. You have multiple screens. Or if this is like you're listening to the podcast afterwards, then this could be playing in the background and then you can go over there. But then the risk is that you're reading her literature instead of listening to us. So really just Fair. this is a special time for you and for us to really get tuned in here, Matt. And we have a, we have a, quite a bit to talk about. Uh, and we will we start that right now. Through. We have a lot to talk about. And we will start that right here with the Mudwater Mushroom Coffee Replacement Cacao Rapid Fire segment brought to you by Mudwater, the most appropriately named product to ever sponsor Muddy Waters of Freedom because it's got mud and water in it. Folks, if you woke up this morning and said, my God, if I never have another cup of coffee again, it'll be far too soon. Or not it soon enough. I don't want coffee anymore is what you're really trying to say to yourself. Well, I have some great news for you because this is that. This is not coffee. It's masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and literally nothing else. And if you're thinking that that must taste like what those things together would taste like, then you are correct. It tastes every bit of that. You're going to want to put something on it. Some honey, something, something, something that tastes... Like not this. And the one thing I've learned drinking this every single day uh, is that uh, with enough honey. He had it right before the show. Mm, Yep. Well, no, I have it in the morning. I have it in the morning and it keeps me like this. All day. All day. And if you you put enough honey on something, you can make it taste like honey (laughs) on something. Honey. It tasted like honey flavored, whatever that is. In this case, dirt. Uh, And so... It's uh, It has just enough caffeine to get you like this all day, but not so much caffeine. It's only one-seventh the caffeine of coffee, so not so much ca- caffeine that you end up like this. So uh, if you go to mud- muddywatersmedia.com slash mud, you can pick up some mud water today, Matt. So we're going to start off today with a little bit of good news. Um, yes. David Chipman is now the former pick of the White House to lead the ATF. <laughs> yes. Everyone, just a, well done just a golf to, clap for David just, Chipman. David Chipman, the the man who was at Waco, and I'm just going to I think he was at Ruby Ridge. I'm not even sure if that's accurate, but I'm just going to say it. Um, sure. <laughs> sure. Why not? He, sure. he was in the agency when it was happening. Um he is Most no longer the pick. So just can we, you we do want to stress that. Can, oh, no. Can you just I just I just I want to dunk on him briefly before we have to bring everyone back into reality of what we're facing. Yes. Can you imagine you've got a Democrat president, you have a Democrat controlled house, you have a Democrat controlled Senate, and they couldn't even bring you up for a vote. How much of a schmuck you have to be just a schmuck just a schmuck but now 
this is not to say that the next person nominated won't be a flaming paper bag of dog poo on your front porch. Um, this is to say that this flaming paper bag of dog poo on your front porch won't be the director of the ATF. And yeah. since there hasn't been an actual director of the ATF since like 2003 or seven, um, the current flaming paper bag do- <laughs> bag of dog poo on your front porch marvin richardson will continue on as acting director until someone else is confirmed yeah we need to get rid of the atf we need to get rid of all gun laws this is feel good news but you they'll still come to your house and kill you over a you know a a, a short barreled rifle or whatever thing that they decide is a machine soon they're going to be the atf v (laughs) yes Yes. Um, <clears throat> so, good news. David Chipman out. We can celebrate that win. Uh, we don't know. Odds are that uh, Marvin Richardson is going to be the the acting director for the Forever. next couple of years. Yeah. Um, they yeah. probably just aren't going to attempt it until, you know, there's a Republican in office and he will replace him. Um, but no matter who it is in that position, they will be a flaming paper bag of dog poo on your front porch. Yeah. Who until ironically a libertarian gets elected. Yeah, totally libertarian. Who ironically would would possibly shoot your dog. <laughs> Speaking of people that would come into your house to shoot your dog, but not really. Right. So uh, we teased something big on Clubhouse. And by we, I mean, I did. Um, And (laughs) we have good news. And Janice McKenzie, I saw your comment in the uh, comment section down there. Uh, This is for you. Um, That story turned in, turned out to be a big nothing burger. Just a big old, like so big of a nothing burger. I didn't even make graphics um it was going around online that there's a bill in new york that would force people with communicable diseases into forced quarantine and if you were to read the writing of the bill you would be horrified and you wouldn't even possibly believe that somebody would write something along these lines um uh even with how to, even with the political climate today, you'd be like, "Whoa, this is Australia's quarantine camps aren't written this way." Uh, you yeah. you would be shocked by how this was written. Well, the good news is that bill was initially written in 2015, and has been introduced every session since. And it was originally written because a nurse that caught Ebola didn't want to quarantine. Yeah. Um, And since 2015, when it was first introduced, the bill has had a co-sponsor once. Uh, That wasn't this session. There's never been a companion bill uh, in the uh, in the Senate. It's it's this is like someone has a hard. It's not going to go anywhere. It's not going anywhere. But it's not going. The fact that someone put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard, whatever, and wrote this monstrosity, it was basically the long and shorter of it would be if the anyone in government suspects or anyone suspects or anyone calls the government to say they suspect that you're sick, 
with anything that could potentially cause someone else to get sick and get and 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 die or have or have complications they would take you and quarantine you wherever they wanted to meaning like a facility and there was nothing in there about appealing it or it was really just a bad i don't know do we know who keeps reintroducing this damn thing man i didn't put his name in there god i'm terrible um hang on a second i might still have it up no it's it's on the page that says norm mcdonald i know that um yes yeah i don't know the guy's name uh he 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 introduced it and he just introduces it every year i i don't know if he's written others if jason lyon is in the comments he can tell me who it is um because he's the one that did the research for me um but uh (laughs) so he i think he just keeps putting it in so he can be like look i'm putting in the bill that's trying to protect you and they are not going for it but i'm doing this for you because i want to help keep you safe and like spike said the wording is terrifying and it goes to show you (laughs) that the overreaches of government in the name of safety never changes uh because we're gonna get into that later we're not you you understand what i'm trying to say I think you all know where we're going. Uh, but but yeah, Nick, thanks Nick, to Nick Jason Perry, Lyon, Mr. Mayor. But he's not a senator. Jason is wrong. Nick Perry is not a senator. He is in the uh, state legislature um, because it's never had Nick a Senate Perry. companion bill. Rick Perry's evil twin, Nick Perry. <laughs> oh, wow. I literally, so Jack Casey, the great minds, uh, Jack Casey said Nick Perry, Rick Perry's even eviler twin. So we both went to the same place with that. Um, and... Uh, yeah so it's terrible someone wrote this thing it's terrible it keeps getting reintroduced it's not going anywhere uh and uh but thank you to jason for for mr america the bearded truth for his diligent research uh while we were doing other things speaking of doing other things uh in an app in an op-ed uh the virginia senator West Virginia West Senator Virginia. Joe Manchin wrote, <laughs> he said, I, for one, won't support a $3.5 trillion bill or anywhere near that level of additional spending without greater clarity about why Congress chooses to ignore the serious effects inflation and debt have on existing government programs, making Joe Manchin the biggest debt talk in the Senate. Wait, What? He's the biggest debt hawk or the biggest like debt. I've when was the last time you heard a Republican talk about the debt in any real way? And he's a he's a Democrat. I know that's what why I'm I'm saying making him somehow. This is the world we live in now. A moderate Democrat senator in West Virginia is the voice of reason right now when it comes to the debt. In the Senate. So, in all fairness, the the reason the reason that he is the voice of reason because even if Republicans are out there talking about it, uh, it's not going to get it's not going to get the airtime because of course they're going to talk about it now. The fact that now, it's a yeah. Democrat, right? Because yeah, they're going to talk about it now. Um, the fact that it's a Democrat that's out there saying, "Hey, yeah, we need to uh, not vote for this because we can't afford it, and it's causing inflation, and uh, it's having serious effects on inflation and 
debt, having on existing government programs, um, that's going to make news. What added to it was that comment, that op-ed led to AOC tweeting did I not put okay? Manchin has weekly huddles with Exxon and is one of many senators who gives lobbyists their pen to write so-called bipartisan fossil fuel bills. It's killing people, our people, at least 12 last night, sick of this bipartisan corruption that masquerades as clear-eyed moderation. Except according to Manchin, he doesn't have any meetings with Exxon or fossil fuel lobbyists. He went on to say that superlatives like the one that used by AOC are just awful and continue to divide, divide, divide. Because if you say it three times, Beetlejuice shows up. Yeah. Um, it, it attacks the rich dress that cost thousands of dollars. <laughs> the dinner that cost 30 grand. Um, he went on to say, I don't know that young lady well. Joe Manchin's becoming like my favorite person. I know. I, um, I, I'm enjoying this. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know that young lady that well. Uh, I really don't. I have met her one time, I think, between sets here. Uh, but that's it. So we have not had any conversations. She's just speculating and saying things because she wants to, which basically <laughs> sums up AOC's entire career. Yes. That's literally, if someone asked me, sum up AOC, I'd say she tweets stuff because she wants to. She's she's speculating about stuff and saying what she wants to. That's funny. Oh, man. I don't drink, but I want to have a beer with Joe Manchin. Or I want him to have a beer and I'll just sit there. Like right now, Joe Manchin is the most powerful senator. Yeah. By by far. He he, and and he knows it. Because so being in West Virginia, he can't vote for a $15 an hour minimum wage because it would destroy West Virginia. He can't vote against gun he can't vote for gun control because West Virginia would vote him out. They would possibly recall him. Uh so he is like they are throwing everything both sides are throwing everything at him being like hey what are you going to do on this bill what are you going to do on this bill uh you really are you shouldn't vote this way uh you should vote this way and he's like well i'm gonna and in all fairness he is doing what he thinks is best for his state right and i ain't really mad at like i don't agree with him on everything but i respect that he knows what is good he knows what it what he thinks is right for his state, he stands by and he doesn't vote just the way his party wants him to. I'm certain a lot of it's just to stay in office and that's totally fine right now because yeah. otherwise everything would be sailing right through. Yeah, no, the fact that, so when people talk to me about the great you know, constitutional Republican experiment, I would just like to remind them that right now, are not sliding even faster into total and utter despotism hinges on the desire of a 60 something year old West Virginia Democrat Senator wanting to get reelected. That's, 
That's what's hold. Yes. That's the that's the mortar <laughs> holding this brick together. Uh, is that so? Yeah, let's, that's scary. Let's see. That's the sixty-something-year-old mortar holding but, together this, this. You know, this house. That mortar. That mortar was laid by West Virginians, which means it's probably going to hold strong for quite some time. That's a good point. You know what? I'll. I will give you that. Yes, it's going to hopefully hold for at least two or three more years. <laughs> oh my gosh uh so we'll see we'll see what happens but man he i i like the way he responds to things i feel like like an older uncle or grandfather is just responding right. almost like confusedly like i don't know why they said that i don't get it right. clearly someone yeah. that's not i don't on know that young media. lady well i may have met her once in between sets here um so she we haven't had seems, a seems, real conversation Seems to say stuff because she wants to. <laughs> so, so speaking um, of people who say things because they want to, uh, the state of California is voting on whether to recall Governor Gavin Newsom or not. Matt? So this is one of those exciting days. Um, and as things have kind of formed over the last few days since I last did this section, um, it's looking like Newsom's going to win. Uh, it looks like people are just going to go and vote no, and it's going to be pretty big. Uh, but when I wrote this, um, it was going to be one of those exciting days where the possibility that 45% of the state could vote no, and 55% of the state could vote yes. And then of that 50%, like 30% of the total vote um, could vote for Larry Elder, and somebody getting 30% would be somebody who got 45 percent uh. <laughs> yeah and i'm still holding out hope that 30 percent of california beats 45 percent of california just for just the because people. just because fuck them <laughs> really literally just you know, we have the Libertarian Party ran, is running Jeff Hewitt. Jeff Hewitt did a great campaign for office. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, what happens, and I say this as someone who ran for vice president and was ignored by the media, he was largely ignored by the media. And, you know, Larry Elder was allowed to jump in last minute and he runs, he calls himself a libertarian. He's libertarian on some things, but he's a conservative Republican. He is, he is what he is. And, and uh, the idea of him getting like 29 or 32 percent of the vote and then winning winning when 45 voted to not recall him but the polls close at eight pacific time which means 11 o'clock eastern so we will not be covering that here now we'll be and talking from about what this I a under week from now right and from what i understand uh this is going to be a highly contested election. Even on LarryElder.com, there is a uh, election fraud page up and live talking about the election fraud that is already happening. Um, I don't know if it's true or not, but it's up. And hey, why not? Why not have it up? It, it was up yesterday. It was up Let's on Monday. Go ahead. Let's go ahead and call it fraud. Let's Before we even know the results. It was clearly stop the count right now. Just stop it. 
Stop counting. Uh, so we'll see. We will. We will see what happens. We'll let you know before the seven polls days. close. We, before the polls close, stop counting. Like we, we haven't. People are still voting. But yeah, but don't. No, let's just let's just go a few years without a governor. We don't need a governor. Let's find out about ourselves before we commit like that again. I think um, everybody should vote no and then leave it blank. None of the above. Yeah. Elders millions. <laughs> I hate that most of our audience. He was on he was on Spin City. Who was on Spin City? Larry Elder. Larry Elder was on Spin City. Yeah, it was on for one episode. As Larry Elder? As Larry Elder. Oh. Back when he had the Larry Elder show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see, I forgot about all that. So yeah. you got the Brewster's Millions reference, right? Yes, Halcyon Dream. I meant, yes, I got the Brewster's. Yes. Uh, yeah, I meant vote yes and leave it blank. You are correct. Um <laughs> I said vote no and leave it blank. No, vote yes and leave it blank. If you're yeah. in California and you still haven't voted yet. Vote yes and then vote no. <laughs> like, yes, I want to recall. Who do you want to recall? No. Nah, I just want no. to recall him. I don't right. want a governor. Right. <laughs> I don't want anybody. I don't, I don't want anybody. Nobody has been doing a good job here for just, quite some time. No. I want... I want nothing. I don't want, yeah, no laws, no masters. Vote yes, leave it blank. Just nothing. Just, I don't want, I want, I want, I don't want any of these people. Um, I don't want anybody. I don't want anyone. So speaking of, I don't have a segue for this. This is brutal. So this is speaking about the death of something else we've all known for our entire lives. And he's going to hate that we don't have anything funny to say about this, but, uh, uh, actor and comedian, both mine and Matt's favorite comedian, Norm MacDonald, uh, passed away uh, today at the age of 61 uh, after... 61. Um, 60, 61 after uh, what has been uh, told was a, a private nine-year battle with cancer. And trust me. Norm is looking down on us or up at us. I don't really know where Norm went. Um, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. It's it's hard to tell. And he would either hate it or find it hilarious that we said it that way. Yeah. Yeah. He actually joked about, he had a stand-up routine where he said that he lost his. And it, I think it was in his know. last stand-up. Oh. I think it was in his last big stand-up special. Oh, maybe in his last special. He did a, um, I was going to use that for the intro. He did a thing last year and he literally spent the whole time talking about COVID. And it was like when it was starting and there were people still going out. And he was just like, yeah, you know, they told me no one, you know, people come here because they don't want to talk about the coronavirus. And I thought, well, yeah, why would they want to uh, talk about the coronavirus? You know, the coronavirus are terrible you know, I, I turn on the news on the way here and it says, you know, the newest count is 11, 50, 200. I don't feel good. And uh, and he said, you know, I guess the one thing is we all, well, at least, you know, we all know how we're going to die now. It's just a matter of what a order. 
Um, right. And that was like literally he's doing this, I think, in like, you know, beginning of March or something like that, right before everything shuts down. He's like, I just like to say how brave all of you are to be sitting there with a bunch of stress. I'm at least up here where I can run away when I see it. Once you guys start coughing, <laughs> I can run away. You're you're screwed down there, coughing on each other. You're gonna die. And it was just like, I mean, you know, here he is in the in the middle of you know people coping with the fact that there's a pandemic right before everything gets locked down, and he's just up there riffing on everyone. But in his uh, in his, I guess, in maybe in his last special, which was like nine years ago, which apparently we, that was when his battle with cancer started he told a joke about how he lost his uncle after a battle with cancer and he's like well i don't know why they call it a battle with cancer they make it sound like you're there you know with a with a with a sword with a sword you're you're out there with a sword fighting like the demon and no like no like he was just laying there he was just laying there (laughs) wasn't much of a battle so when I was a kid, I got really big into stand up and I wanted I like I wanted to do that. As many of you who watch the show regularly know, you well, you probably understand why I never did. Um but it was because of Norm McDonald that I wanted to do that. Yeah. Cause he was this yeah. awkward, goofy looking dude. Like he he wasn't like an he he's not an attractive man. Like he he was just weird looking and but he had that high pitched hey hey everybody how are you like it's good to see you and uh i'm from canada i don't know. um yeah, and he no, had he this yeah he had this bit that i fell in love with and i memorized it back then and that was many, many moons ago um so i don't have it memorized anymore but I, like i know the the gist of it uh and He's like, I was reading in the paper the other day about um, about uh, Satanists, Satanists in, in 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 my town. You know this one, right? He's like, Satanists are in the town, and they were doing the the satanic rituals. You know, the satanic rituals, and you know that I started wondering, like, could you imagine what that was like to? be a satanist and all the stuff you would have to do and like you round up your family and you take them out to the woods and you chop them up into an equal number of pieces and then you throw them in a bag and you sling them over your shoulder and you you're walking out and you go and you meet the devil and the devil's standing there and you say oh great beelzebub the the dark lord of the netherworlds uh I have done what you have asked and I have chopped up my family and they're here cut up into an equal number of pieces each, just as you have required me. Oh, great dark Lord. Uh, I am here at your bidding and I am here at your backing call. Just let me know whatever you need me to do. Uh, I believe I have proved my worth. And then the devil rips off his mask and he's like, Hey, it's me, Bob from work. And you know, Oh, Oh, Bob. You got me there. You got me there. My whole family's in a duffel bag here, but uh, that was a good one. I owe you a Coke. Yeah, old Bobby. Old Bobby. And at 13 years old, that was the funniest shit I have ever heard in my goddamn life. And it made me want to do comedy. And um, then Norm went on, like, still being hilarious. He he did 
uh, he, he covered sports, he covered politics. He like, he was just the funniest human being alive yeah. and continued to be all the way up until today. Until, well, yeah, he's not, he stopped being funny today. And I think that that's, you know, I think if Norm's looking up at us, he's thinking, ow, this hurts. I'm burning in hell. Um, this is, and he'd probably be the only one to appreciate that. Um, this is a, uh, it's really tough because he's, so someone who is so unassuming in their humor, but also incredibly brave in doing so so like for example he was the uh the person who replaced uh dennis miller on uh saturday night lives weekend update and was just delivered it in the most dry way possible and what actually got him kicked off of saturday night live and weekend update was um the uh, one of the executives of nbc and i forget his name was good friends with oj simpson and I think it was Bob Balaban, but something uh, Marv Olemeyer or something like that. Anyway, oh, it may have been Marv Olemeyer. Yeah, whatever his name is, I, I can't remember. Yeah, it's I, it's Marv something or something. So anyway, uh, the name doesn't matter. He he would say he would in the middle of weekend update. He would say, and here's just another reminder that O.J. Simpson killed his wife brutally, murdered her, and Ron Goldman too killed him too because he was there. And like would do this all, and it was like sort of like how we do Epstein didn't kill himself. How you know you talk about this other thing and you go proving, of course, that Ep Je uh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. He was doing that back in the early '90s, like in '92, '93. He's like you know he, he would tell this story about Madonna and he'd say, and then that making it clear that O.J. Simpson on the evening of such and such brutally stabbed to death his wife Nicole Simpson and Ron Goldman, her alleged boyfriend. What a terrible thing for someone to do, huh? For O.J. Simpson to, to murder someone like that. It's one thing if you disagree, but to murder her, that's a, that's a leap. Like, and, and, and it, despite getting pressure from NBC not to say that, he kept saying it. And it, it ultimately ended up getting him kicked off of SNL. But, you know, it, it was, we, we, we were talking, go ahead. It, 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 in conjunction with that, it wasn't just the um, OJ stuff, but it was him constantly saying that Michael Jackson's a pedophile. You didn't know that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, would always, he would hit yeah. Michael Jackson. And they were like, you need to stop saying these things about Michael Jackson and OJ. And then that night, like he was told that. And then that night he went in and he made OJ, he made like three OJ jokes and two Michael Jackson jokes. And they yeah. fired him. Yeah, yeah. He would he, absolutely incredible. <laughs> Um, I noticed, and I was telling Matt this when we were getting our stuff together uh, to go live, um, I had noticed he had a show called Norm MacDonald Has a Show uh, on Netflix where he would interview different people. And you could tell it was just like none of the – there weren't people that like had an upcoming thing special or anything. It was just people he wanted to interview, like people he found was interesting. Um, and, the David Spade uh, one was so funny. Yeah, they were. Yeah, oh, the David Spade one was hilarious. But it was like literally like David no was like, on their... "I'm not, I'm not in on this joke. What is happening?" Right yeah, now? yeah, yeah. And and it was like he was just interview people he thought was like were cool to talk to. Uh, he one of the, the ladies he interviewed was like an old actress, and he interviewed her just because he had a crush on her growing up or something. But anyway, so the whole time I noticed he was very like there was like a tremor, and the way he would talk, there was a little bit of a shake in his talk. 
And yeah. I remember looking at that and I thought, well, I wonder if he has Parkinson's or something like that. I have MS. At, for those who don't know, I have MS. And so I think everyone knows I have MS at this point. But anyway, I have, I have MS. It's breaking news. Um, so I can spot when people are doing really subtle things because I do little subtle things that most people probably don't notice. Um, and so when I would see the, the, the light tremor or the kind of like almost how it was like it was obvious he was kind of having to hold his neck a certain way or that he was kind of pained in his speaking or he wasn't quite as you know sharp as he usually was. And I thought, oh, I hope he's not getting Parkinson's. And then the next time I saw him, he seemed sharp again. And I thought, oh, well, maybe that was just a flare up of something. And, and then most recently, I saw a video that he did an interview with TMZ. I think he was in an airport and he kept like doing this thing with his eyes and kind of looking like this. And I thought, because I'll not nearly as extreme as what he was doing, but I'll sometimes my eyes will get weird and stuff. And it's just, I'm like, is he dealing with MS or like some kind of like neurological thing or what? Well, it was probably chemo or radiation side effects he was dealing with. Um, yeah. Just brutal. And just brutal. For, for anybody who wasn't following Norm Macdonald, basically his entire career, like Spike and I have been, um, this is a man who got fired from SNL for the OJ and the Michael Jackson stuff. Then like the next year, I think it may be, it was the next year, like two years later, he was permanently banned from the view. Oh, that's right. Yes. Because he went, you, you can find this. It's hard, but you can find it, but he's being interviewed by, um, uh, Oh God, Joy Behar. I think Joy Behar and I think Barbara Walters was still on the show at the time. I don't think Whoopi had gotten there yet because Whoopi was still a relatively new Oscar winner. So she wasn't going to do daytime television. Um, She may have been on Star Trek. I don't know. Um, But he was on there and. Oh, it was uh, it it was in 2000. It was in 2000 because he was talking about how he voted for Bush. He was like, oh, no, I voted I voted for uh, Bush. And uh, they were like, oh, you didn't vote for Gore. And he's like, no, no, I didn't like uh, I didn't like Bill Clinton. They're like, how did you not like Bill Clinton? Because it's the view. And they're like, how did you not like Bill Clinton? Oh, he's a murderer. <laughs> I thought this was common knowledge. You didn't know that. And he talked about Bill Clinton being a murderer on the view. And they after that, they kicked him off. They said, you're never allowed back on the view. <laughs> His show got canceled like the next week. He's amazing. He did. He was amazing, and he did not care, and he never pulled a punch. Um, he, I think, he apologized for one joke, and it was last year. And um, he's it would he. Go ahead. He was an inspiration. He was just an inspiration. In his last, um, in his last. Uh, um... Uh, interview the the one I was talking about with TMZ he's they said you know what do you think about comedy now and he said you know the thing is uh, comedy's changed a lot he said I used to I'd go up on on the stage there and I'd 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 try to make people laugh I I'd try to make say things that were funny and would make them have an enjoyable experience laughing and he said and there were definitely times that people would get offended, but you know, ninety-nine percent of the people would would laugh. And he said, "Now, 
uh, it's really not about anyone enjoying it or laughing. It's more about there's about that one percent, give or take, who uh, hate me. Um, you see, and they they don't like humor uh, or anything uh, in life. And if you say anything they don't like, they'll uh, they'll get you removed. So you can't ever talk to anyone again, uh, even on the internet there. And so. I uh, now have to make my comedy for them. And it's a, it's a trade-off because it, it no one's really laughing or enjoying it anymore. I haven't made anyone laugh in a long time. But uh, at least uh, I don't offend uh, that really small group, a very small subset of people there that hate me uh, and you and, and themselves. And he's like, do, and he's doing this whole, and he's like, but you know, it's, it's, it's a trade-off. You know, comedy has trade-offs and this is just the newest trade. And it was just... The funniest thing to have him do that, and then to see the coronavirus thing he did. I think that was his last time doing stand-up. Uh, he made some quarantine videos. The funniest thing was he his last video was he's on the speakerphone with Roseanne, uh, Roseanne Barr, and they're talking. And uh, she's uh, her, I don't know if it was her daughter or her sister or someone that was with her, was going out to Target to get food. And he says, you know what? Tell her that the thing to get right now, the real food to get right now is the is impossible bat impossible bat <laughs> and she went impossible what he goes impossible bat it's uh it it tastes exactly like bat you see but it's not it's actually not bat it's it's entirely it's entirely plant-based um and then that way you can have all of the good taste of bat that we've come to know and love but without any of the of the disease that you get when you eat a bat, and it was just like you know that you know this is him saying this in like you know last April while everyone's quarantined, um, and I think that was the last thing because I think he's I I have a feeling he's been going downhill for a while because he hasn't really put anything out in about a year, so I think he's been yeah. not doing well. But um, yeah, impossible bat that was, uh, and then and then Roseanne. Uh, Bar, she says, go uh, get some Beyond Bat. And uh, he said, and Beyond Bat, that's what it's I thought it was Impossible Bat. There's the different brand. Like, it's just, oh, man. But our, uh, our a- hearts go out to uh, Norm's family and uh, all of his friends and to all of his fans because he was a legend. And obviously, uh, for anybody that's been watching for the last 20 minutes, you understand that Spike and I both loved him uh, dearly. And um, he he is going to be missed, and I cannot wait to go back through his entire catalog of so offensive yeah. material. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. If I if I didn't want to get our channel um, blacklisted, I would just put them all up on ours. But uh, no, he's an incredible, incredible comedian. I regret that I never got to meet him. I actually messaged him a few times. I actually, well, the last time I messaged him, I said so. I've been asking uh, if I can meet you at some point and talk with you and have you on my show. I've gotten the nomination for vice president from the third largest political party in the country. And I'm, I'm thinking this is my best last chance uh, to actually get you to come on my show because I'm kind of a big deal right now. And that's probably going to go downhill pretty quickly in terms of my popularity. So I'm just too, and meanwhile, he's probably like sick and not even answering his stuff anymore. But I hope he saw it and laughed before, you know, ignoring it. Um, so I would have laughed so hard if he responded with, let me know when you hit number two. Yeah. Yeah. Number two. That would see, that would be funny. 
I would. And I would, I would be like, okay, right. fine. I'll run as a Republican next time. Um, so, uh, Norm, <laughs> we, we, uh, you know, we hope that your memory is a great blessing to those that you knew best. Uh, everyone that I've ever heard of who knew Norm, I've never heard anyone say that Norm was anything but the kindest, sweetest, most caring person. Except um, for Chris Kattan. And if you don't know who Chris Kattan <laughs> is, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Take it with, take it a with a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt. I, we actually saw Chris Kattan when we were in Florida, uh, in va- Jacksonville. We were quarantining for, or the quarantine. We were uh, uh, escaping. Uh, escaping a hurricane. Yeah, and he was doing a comedy show at the freaking hotel we were staying at. It was like a Ramada, and uh, yeah, he's gone downhill. Chris Kattan. So I hope Chris Kattan's memory is a blessing to anyone who may have heard of him at some point. Um, so uh, we're now Scott, going Scott to... Greer, sorry, hang on. Scott, Scott Greer, uh, my favorite Norm joke. There are two types of cliff divers, world champions and stuff on a rock. Yeah. No, that's good. My favorite one is the bat joke, um, or no, the moth joke, but... The moth joke. Matt will, will divorce from this uh pro through from muddy waters if i ever if he right um one of the favorite one of right because it was 25 minutes long um one of my favorites from him he was it was when he was on snl and he said uh he said uh the the college album charts came out this year came out this week and uh leading the college leading the college album charts is better than Ezra coming in second Ezra. (laughs) Oh, Oh man. That was funny. People are saying they remember how terrible the the moth joke was. It was good. It was good. Um, I was (laughs) just to go. You left the light on. (laughs) Yeah, no, he gets it. He knows. Um, the, uh, the, I was going to open this by saying, Hey, Matt, I don't know if you heard, I bought a farm and then it go into a whole thing about, you know, and I got three daughters and one of them is, is very attractive. Um, the other one slightly less so. And the third one is just, she's, well, she's, she's ugly. She's not, she's not very attractive at all. And, you know, one day there was a, a, a traveling salesman that came through <laughs> traveling salesman and uh no, i'm not going to do it i'm not going to do it anyway um so uh but uh so we are going to go to our next segment which also drags on sometimes which is the personal injury attorney chris reynolds attorney at law anchor call-in moment uh where you can go to anchor.fm slash muddied waters and you can leave messages and donate uh to us actually we need to change that because yeah. it is no longer donate oh it is yeah no longer donate well, so first, the no, first no. thing you can do is you can uh, leave messages for us, and we will play them uh, right here. And then here's the other thing that you can do there, and that's become a member. Become a member by going to anchor.fm slash moneywaters slash subscribe. I'm going to work on that. And if you become a member, if you, if you go to anchor.fm slash muddy water slash subscribe, there are a lot of good benefits. If you are watching us on Facebook right now, unlike Nick McKimmy, 
everybody press F for Nick, Nick McKimmy, who just got his second 30 day ban. Um, you can be invited to the private Facebook group for muddied water subscribers. And the moment you get in, you will get a coupon code for 10% off on anything in our store, 10% off anything in our store. Not only that, you are going to get access to audio that nobody else will have access to. Not a single other soul will have access to this audio. And on top of that, if as if 10% off in the store isn't enough, and as if uh, having access to exclusive audio isn't enough, once a month, we will be holding a muddied Zoom where you will get the access code to join a Zoom call with Spike, me, Jason, Cajun, Eskimo. We don't know who's going to be on these calls. We know we will. Um, yeah, we will. And we will have others coming in. And sometimes we're going to be talking about a specific topic. Other times we're just going to be on there to BS, but you could talk with us directly in that Zoom call that will be aired live to everybody else who isn't a member. Yeah, and then the audio gets to will watch all- us. Everyone gets to watch us hang out with you and not them. Right. And then the audio of that, if you want to listen to it, to remember what it was like to hang out with us every month, will be available just to you. Well, and the other people that are subscribing. Not to those other schmucks. Uh, Jacob, Jacob Helzer, if you are a member, uh, I don't know the, I don't know the, you are the link to the group. Um, and I can't look it up right now. Um, but, uh, if you are, I will, if you are, and you can confirm that I will, uh, add you to the group (laughs) later. But yeah, you get a whole bunch of stuff for 10 bucks a month. So, yes, and you get a bunch of things. Now, as always, you do not have to subscribe to leave messages yet. But we might be changing that. But we will like you more, and now you're going to get stuff. You know, there was a long time where some of you were donating every month for the gift of nothing. Well, I mean, the show. But you weren't, I mean, people who weren't paying were also getting this show. So you were, in addition to that, you were getting nothing. You were getting a right. vague promise of liking you more. Now, you get all this other stuff, too. And we still like you more. So, here are the uh, messages that we have. We have a few of them, actually. Uh, the first one is from Billy Pierce. And let me check my audio to make sure you're actually going to be able to hear it. There we go. Okay, from Billy Pierce. 20 years apart, but the same struggle. That's what he says. Here we go, Billy Pierce. Howdy, y'all. Billy Pierce from Houston, Texas here. You know, 20 years ago, uh, I was in the Navy during 9-11. Oh, by the way, this is, oh, crap. This is brought to you by Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. If you would like to sue us, screw you, because we're going to use Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, to sue you back harder. Um, But if you want to sue someone else. As hard as we can. uh, Something unrelated to us, and you live in Florida, uh, then uh, you can go to chrisreynoldslaw.com, and he will sue anyone. For anyone for anything and you will get just like the kind of you know you'll get that like fake 
ha we're talking on a cell phone money thing where you can take the hundred dollar bills and you can make a big stack of them and go hey how's it going mom I oh sorry this isn't my phone this is a stack of hundred dollar bills oops that old common mistake that i make all the time because i have so many of them and the phones and hundred dollar bills you can live like that by going to chrisreynoldslaw.com and suing someone. It's true. Okay, let's go back to Billy Pierce. Uh, I deployed uh, eight days after 9-11. And uh, before I left, wow. I had to sit my four-year-old daughter down and explain to her what had happened. And uh, I still remember struggling to come up with the words to explain what was going on and how it changed the world. Well, now I've... Uh, I've got another four-year-old daughter. Uh, I have five girls. And uh, I've got to sit her down this weekend and explain to her how the world is changing and what's going on with these, with the vaccine and the, and the pandemic and the mandates and the authoritarianism that we're seeing from our government. And uh, just like 20 years ago, I'm, I'm struggling to find the words again. Uh, any suggestions? Oh, now be, I want to say <laughs> you're Billy, talking to be, two childless men here, but sure. Well, eh. well, I you, yeah, oh, I'm. You know what? You're talking. To, sorry, you're talking to. Right. I so what I was going to say. Um, I would. I was in a clubhouse room, and Billy Pierce was in it, and um, we were talking about. Um, raising kids and stuff like that. And I was saying, you know, it's, it's weird because I've lived my entire life with no children. And then, uh, now, uh, I'm dating this wonderful, beautiful, amazing woman. And with her came these two incredible children. Um, and it's, it's, it's a bizarre thing. And Billy was like, what you are doing is the epitome, the epitome, if you will, of, uh, libertarianism. Because you are voluntarily stepping into that role and being there and doing your best at this role wow. voluntarily. Yeah. You don't have to be there. You could walk out at any moment, but the fact that you are staying. And then he went on to give me some other parenting tips that were amazing and poignant and beautiful. And Billy Pierce's, um, he, he should be in charge of a. Uh, anything that somebody should be in charge of because Billy Pierce, I feel yes. could uh, do a fantastic job at anything that he decides to um, except when it comes to explaining this to your daughter. Um, how do you explain this to your kid? I, man, you know, we're going to get into this a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get into this a little bit later. I don't know. I have no idea. I, so I think that I have no I, idea. I think the only thing, I mean, especially to a four-year-old, I think the only thing you can say is that, and this is something you can use a lot, not just for this is like, you know, sometimes people will get scared and they will, I don't even know if this is okay for a four-year-old. I'm going to go ahead and say it. And then Billy and anyone else watching, you can tell me if this may be too heavy for a four-year-old, but Sometimes people get scared and other people tell them that they can 
save them or protect them and the thing that they want to save or protect them with is really is a bad thing but people say they're okay with it because they're scared i think that's possibly something you could say to an an eight-year-old um but not you know like a not like a, a four-year-old that's a tough one man i don't that's hard like so Sarah, sarah's boys are um seven and five yeah and they're seven and five and we whenever they've asked about masks or coronavirus or covid or anything yeah we've done we we've downplayed it as much as we can for them because they're kids yeah yeah because they're kids right and we don't we don't want them to be concerned about the rest of their lives at such an early i mean they're jewish you know they're gonna be they're gonna do that anyway right they're gonna they're gonna ease into the whole lifelong uh sense of foreboding anyway like you don't want to put that on them but billy pierce's kid is gentile he's not naturally right you got to be more careful so stuff very true um but yeah we like we've been very careful on how we've been talking to them about all of this um and yeah the world the world is the world is different uh the world changed on january 6th um worse than 9-11 according to some yeah yeah um the world changed like the world changed on January. Like the world was already changing because of Donald Trump. Um, and him supporting, you know, lockdowns and giving out money and putting everybody on the government dole. Um because remember, Donald Trump didn't support the lot he supported the lockdowns. The federal government gave any money that was needed to the states to carry it out. They gave the relief at the federal level to to ameliorate the effects of it. That Donald Trump tweeted about how it was bad for the economy while as president in his actual executive capacity, fully supporting it from soup to nuts. Right. Anyway. And and since then everybody's just been running with it. Uh, you know, Inflation is off the charts, um, but the scarier things, the more terrifying things, we're going to get into later. So I don't want to go nope. too deep into this. Yeah. Um, Basically, the thing we're but about there is only our segment. Just like play that for her. I have a feeling you might want to edit that segment. maybe bleep a few words oh take out the cussing yeah right right yeah yeah like she's four she doesn't need to yeah, learn the words that i might say just show her the dystopian nightmare scenario <laughs> but without it's gonna cussing. be our future i don't i don't yeah I, this, this is just your future sweetie i i don't know i i <laughs> i don't have kids and i i tend to like the kids that are in my life i tend to talk to them uh, like they're small adult humans. And so I don't, I mean, I don't get into complex ideas with a four-year-old, but I, I, I don't really know what that, I'm not sure you can really talk about that with a four-year-old in a way that's not either going to go above their, go over their head or scare them just because it's a, it's a, it's a high you know, level concept and it's kind of scary. Like it's a scary thing. It No, it's, it's a scary, it, it is definitely a scary thing. And they're, 
having that conversation on nine uh 17 or so when he had that yeah. conversation with his daughter the last time yeah yeah the world was a different place immediately after that and you you saw it the government overreach happened fast and it happened and it happened swiftly and it yep. and it was overreaching uh you had you know the patriot act you had uh homeland security you had um getting patted down every time you went to the airport you had uh endless wars um you had all of this happen very quickly and anybody who knew like anybody who could read the future which should have been everybody this wasn't going to end like it this is just going that was the new normal starting that day and if we don't want that to happen again yeah. Well, we're gonna get in. We're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into it. But that's yeah. that's man. That's it, a tough it, it's one. so hard not to right now. It's, though it's hard. But yeah. um, yeah. And Billy, I wish I had a better answer for you. Uh, you are a guiding light to so many people, and you have such great advice for everybody. I wish I could have returned some right now. Yeah, yeah. But we are. We're gonna give you a. We're gonna show you a video later that you can show her. Um, that might help. Um, here is something from uh, Alex Boyer. DBHW, I don't know what that means. Hello, hello, Alex from Virginia calling in on the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment. How are you guys doing? Hope you're doing all right. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you're going to have a great week. So this past year and a half, this past month, this past week in particular have just been exhausting, right? I think so. I'm tired. So, <laughs> what is this? I want to talk about something that isn't really, well, it is kind of political, I guess. Do Balrogs have wings? I'm in the camp that they don't have wings, but they do look cooler with them. So, what do you guys think? All right. Have a good one. Balrog from Street Fighter? What? Balrog. B. Balrog is uh, M. Bison from Street Fighter. Oh, B-A-L. B-A-L. From uh, Tolkien. Oh, the monster from... Oh. Yes. Yeah. Based on pictures I'm looking at right now. I Yes. Balrog was in the cave, right? Man, I saw that movie in the theater, and I haven't seen it since. Um, Balrog means demon of might. Fire, they are fire spirits. And, yeah, I'm going they have wings. Yeah. I'm going they have wings based on a rudimentary Google search and uh, the National Museum of Denmark for their profile picture of a Balrog. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. Go with the, yes. Yeah. They, they have, have wings. Yeah, they have wings. They have wings. They have wings. Uh, here is, um, an, uh, here's a question from James M. Ray, probably also about Balrogs. Balrogs. Hi, guy on left and Spike. This is James M. Ray calling on the personal injury attorney, 
Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call in moment. I first of all, I have a two part message. The first part is to thank everybody. And I'm not going to be specific because I can't figure them all out that that helped me on the John Perry stuff that was touching and I'm still feeling it. The other part is also kind of awful. The government lied to John Perry's surviving teammates about the dangers of that smoldering pile of wreckage after 9-11. And the reason that Mike Termat couldn't find me, one of his retired colleagues, is probably because they're almost all dead. It's so sad. Anyway, that's it. Have a good day. Yeah, I remember on... So he's mentioning John W. Perry. I, I put up a post um, about John W. Perry. Without telling a 30-minute long story about this man, uh, picture someone who is the most... One of the most intelligent and uh, well-known, well-learned people you've ever met who also uh, becomes an attorney to help immigrants who are applying for asylum and trying to stay in the United States. Uh, and then he's also an advocate... For he works with the uh, Society for the Prevention to Cruelty to Children, and he works as a uh, children and advo- uh, ad- adoptee rights advocate. Uh, and then he also works with anti-drug war groups to advocate for an end to the drug war. And then he's also active in the Queen's Libertarian Party uh, as a leader there, pushing for libertarian solutions to the problems facing New York City. Uh, and then he's also a member of the uh, New York Civil Liberties Union, where he becomes a board member and helps to craft their responses to various problems going on in the city of New York and the state of New York. Uh, and then uh, he's also giving out copies of Human Action by Mises to uh, to anyone he can uh, and copies of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Uh, and uh, he uh, invites homeless people to live in his apartment till they can get back on their feet. Uh, and he pays off friends' parking tickets. And then at some point he decides that he wants to become a police officer so that he can work in their internal affairs division investigating uh, abuse and, uh, and, and uh, um, brutality and harm being done, corruption being done by people in the NYPD. And then the day that he is turning in his badge so that he can work full-time as an attorney happens to be 9-11. And as he's turning his badge in at one police plaza, the first plane hits the tower. And so he grabs his badge, buys an NYPD shirt so he looks official because he's already turned in all his other stuff. He puts the shirt on, runs to the tower, and starts helping people out. And after saving many people's lives... Uh, escorting them to safety Uh, an old lady who is uh, trying to get out he helps her she's slow to move because she's elderly and he uh, uh, the the tower collapses on top of them Um, that's John W. Perry and I told his story and uh, I remember on the day of 9-11 they were talking to some of the people in the interviews and multiple times it was mentioned That when that building was built, they used asbestos for insulation. And that that had never been updated because often, depending on the structure of a building, the best thing to do with asbestos is just leave it the hell alone and not disrupt it. Because the worst thing you can do is disrupt it and now have it in the air. 
And so when that thing came down, it spewed asbestos everywhere. And uh, it's then they just stopped talking about it. Yep. Not to mention all the other chemicals and, and you know, the what would happen when a, a gigantic tower fell uh, and the, just the smoke and everything spewing everywhere. But there was asbestos all over the place, too. Who here is surprised that the government covered that up or lied about it? Show of hands. Go put in the, put. Let us know in the comments if uh, any of that surprises you. Um, we'll go ahead and keep an eye on that. See if anyone's surprised by that. Um, here is the next. Boom, boom, boom. Hold on. This. There we go. Okay. Here we go. Hey, Spike and Matt, this is Adam calling on the Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds attorney at law anchor call-in moment. And I'm calling in today to talk about the uh, COVID vaccine mandate that Joe Biden just put out. Um, I work for a large company that has said that once it is all squared away, they intend to fully comply with this mandate and require everyone to either get vaccinated or submit to weekly COVID tests. Now, to put it simply, I've already been vaccinated, and I believe it's your choice whether or not you get vaccinated, but I just finished typing up my two-week notice to send to my employer stating that even though I'm vaccinated, I don't want to work for a company that complies with these kind of regulations. Um, I haven't sent it in yet because they haven't said they're going to be doing this. They said that they will once it's officially required, but what's your guys' thoughts on this? I'll I'll let you start with that one, man. Well, Adam, one, thank you for um, all the donations you give us on yes. YouTube. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, so, uh, man, we're about to get into so much of this, like in the next <laughs> segment. So I have to be careful on what I say here um, because I don't want to give away too much. Um, so whether you are vaccinated or not vaccinated, it is your choice whether or not you want to be vaccinated. Right. It's your choice. I don't think any company should tell you you have to. Yeah. Um, and I go back and forth, honestly. I go back and forth on whether or not somebody like um, – Ron DeSantis here in Florida uh, can tell people that they can't tell businesses that they can mandate vax. Right. I'm back and forth on that because it's the business's choice. And if the business wants to do it, I disagree with the business doing it. And I wouldn't want to work for a business that would, um, yep. but I equally, if not more agree with the federal government, or I more dis I more disagree with the federal government saying that businesses have to mandate right. that everybody gets vaxxed. Yep. I understand where you're at. Um, if you if you have a job, if you have a career, a skill set in which you can easily find another job. And you you feel that this is the hill, I say do it. I say absolutely do it. But right now is not an economy or job market in which I would want to be. 
searching for work yeah i in my skill set yeah i it is easy for me as a retired person someone who doesn't rely on a job for income to say yes you should go and quit everyone should quit because it, it is true that if everyone's just like no if even like you know i say this all the time government enforcement makes up less than one to one percent of the population if three to five percent of the population is like I'm not going to do it. It becomes effectively impossible to enforce. In this situation, if five to ten percent of the workforce was like, "No, no, I'm not going to do it," uh, with the labor shortage that's going on already and the issues going on there, uh, it's going to be a tough. Like they would, you would have businesses going to the government saying, "We can't find people, so back off of this." Also, another thing to keep in mind. This is an OSHA requirement that's being introduced, which means my understanding is it's going to take 120 days uh, in order for it to, from when he announced it to when it's actually going to be implemented. Um, I think when you look at the number of lawsuits that are going to be involved, the number of states that are going, that are saying that they're going to fight it uh, in court and otherwise, I think you're going to see vaccine, vaccine mandate sanctuary state legislation. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of stuff. And also four months from now, the surge is going to be pretty much dead. It's going to be done at that point because th these are the viral swings we've been seeing on this thing. Uh, I think that you're going to have a population of people going, what the hell? Why? 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 Why is this happening? I also think in the next four months, there's going to be that constant drip, drip, drip of information showing that the vaccines uh, are not stopping people from spreading COVID, which means it's just a personal choice whether or not you want to take the vaccine or not. There's no there's little to no concern in terms of whether you're you are you know preventing someone else from getting it. So there's no like ancillary effect there. Uh I, I, I think that this is, you know, it, this is a fight that, and we're, again, we're going to be talking a lot more about this, but uh, that's a choice you got to make, man. And I, yeah. that's... That, I, I, uh, if you have a skill set in which you can go out tomorrow and find a new and job, find a then, job. Yep. and this is, and this is your hill and this is your hill that you are willing to make this stand on. I say you should do it. Yeah. If you if if you do not have a skill set in which you cannot find a job tomorrow, um, I since you are already vaccinated, I wouldn't do it personally. But yeah, I I yeah, I, I mean that's that that's me. At the end um, of the day, libertarianism is about yes, we are about you know working together to help others, but libertarianism is also about making sure that we are. The whole purpose behind it is seeking the best and highest use and purpose of all things, which is comes from personal autonomy, personal self-ownership. And it, it is an individualistic uh, ideology from that standpoint with the understanding that us as individuals want to work together with others because we are a social species to come up with uh, solutions to the problems that we face. Um, I would never encourage someone to do something that's going to uh harm them um if there's a way to not do it and still remain true to your principles so yeah, yeah i would probably like if you were i i mean yeah like if it were like yeah i don't i don't think i'd do it there are a lot a lot of tough questions today lots yeah. of tough questions
he did, at least he didn't ask me to like how to phrase this to a four-year-old that would be tough no I, right. I, I will say if i were in your situation and i and assuming that i could because if you're in if, again if you're in a job where you can easily find something else absolutely. he says he has a valuable skill set uh in the comments he said uh i have a valuable skill set okay which well case, then in that yeah yeah in that case then then sure i yeah if i didn't yeah, if i was I, concerned about my ability to land on my feet I, would, I probably would not but i would just continue to advocate against i would have the job and, lined up that's another thing try to get a job lined up. i would right have now. the job yeah i would have the job lined up but yes yeah. no if if that's the case yes Oh, he's, I'm a heavy diesel technician. Truck mechanics are in need everywhere. Okay, all right. Well, then, yeah. yeah. I, you know better than yeah. us, so probably, yeah. Right. Okay. I, I don't know what the what what the microcosm of economics is on that one, um, right. but I'm certain if you are saying that you, you're, you are in high demand, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're in high demand here because we love you, Adam. Hot dog with ketchup. Right, on. and we also want you, we also want you to stay employed and not just because you give us money. Yes, that there's like some mild amount of personal interest, but no, if, if if it's not, if you can still make this work and you can still make ends meet and everything, then it's an incredibly principled stance to make, put it that way, to be able to say, listen, this doesn't even affect me directly unless I choose for it to, and I'm choosing for it to. So if that, that's a very, very principled take to make. Uh, here is one from the Cajun Libertarian, whoever that is. Hey, what's up, y'all? Glad to see you finally made it up there and uh, could proceed with the episode tonight and not have any more technical difficulties than we absolutely have to have seeing some more sleight of hand things going on here while everybody was looking at afghanistan the cdc decided to change the definition of what a vaccine is so go check that out if you haven't already love to hear you guys break down on that because that doesn't seem very fair uh dr fauci keeps changing the definition of what gain of function research is so here we are again with more sleight of hand and more control the language and you control the argument so um yeah i'd like to hear you guys opinions on that love y'all yeah i'm looking at that right now oh look at that they have changed it Wow. So before the change, the definition of vaccination from the CDC read the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce immunity to a specific disease. Now the word immunity has been switched to protection. Now it says a product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease now says a preparation that is used to stimulate the body's immune response against diseases. That's the definition for vaccine. Yeah, because turns out this vaccine's pretty damn leaky, as they put it in in the vaccine world. It's uh, got a pretty low rate of stopping the spread of COVID. Like it's probably somewhere. I think it's. I think right now. 50, 60, I think somewhere. Pfizer right, right. I think Pfizer right now has a forty two percent efficacy rate. Which, and if you're good at math. And the only That's because they're not percent non effects. Yeah. And and keep in mind, the CDC stopped tracking breakthrough cases. So what they're doing is they're doing that based on people who probably ended up in the hospital. Well, if the whole thing is that it makes you much less likely to go in the hospital, that just means that there are people getting it and it's not being reported, which, again, that's great. Let's say that. Stop saying. Sure. They, I know I know we're going to talk more about this, but 
if, if, if it's the, the so, reason that they can't just say that, hey, if you take this, it makes you less likely to go to the hospital. You can still spread it. You can still get it. Uh, it's probably not likely to stop that very much, but you're not going to die from it. You're not going to get sick from it, and it could save your life. The reason they can't say that is because they aren't just trying to get you to do it. They're trying to mandate it and make it sound like if anyone is unvaccinated, they're the ones that are keeping this disease spreading, and it's a flat-out lie. Did you, so there was an article that came out. There was a, uh, God, I wish I'd put it in here, but I knew that we weren't going to talk about it in the next segment, so I didn't pull it. Um, they're saying that like 50% of the hospital rates are coming from people coming in to get tested for COVID and they get positive tests, but they're like, so do I stay? And they're like, no, like you're fine. You can go home, but they're counting it. And that's like 50% of the, of the, people who are uh, being counted as the hospital rates. So while the hospital rates are climbing, a lot of those people are just going and getting tested, turning around, going home. You know, one of the most incredible things to me about this vaccine is that unlike every other treatment ever, there's no placebo effect. You know, usually they do double and triple blind studies or double blind studies on uh, on drugs to make sure that the person who's who's either taking the drug or the placebo has no idea whether they're getting it or not and even the person giving it to them has no idea whether they're getting it or not so no that idea. they don't even accidentally let on to anything or you know look hopeful or look you know oh it's a waste of time or whatever they don't know that's why they call it double blind the person getting it doesn't know the person giving it doesn't know and the reason they do that is because there is a well-known and well-established placebo effect where people who think think they are getting something that's helping them are much less likely to get sick, much more likely to feel better. And they literally have multi-million dollar, sometimes multi-billion dollar studies to see if the people that are doing better are actually doing better because the, uh, the drug is effective or whether it's because they think it is because the mind is incredibly powerful and can actually make you heal and make you immune and make you feel better because of the placebo effect except for these vaccines. Only this vaccine didn't need, all of the studies that we're doing are based on people who know that they are getting it, but that's okay because for the first time in human history, we finally have drugs, just these ones though, that have no placebo effect whatsoever. Thank God. Now that you're all riled up <laughs> let's go talk about something much let's go talk about very calm calming yeah so okay. just so everybody knows uh, the original title of the show is the name of this topic and it's called vac state um and then i changed it to this episode it's going to be demonetized because i yep. thought that would be funnier well and true so yeah and true uh, especially after Spike played Norm Macdonald on Conan at the beginning. Um, <laughs> got it out of the way. We're already going to get demonetized. It's true. Um, so last Thursday, as we all know, Joe Biden did something so implausible it could only be true. He looked all of America in the eyes and said, if you own a company with a hundred or more people, you must require vaccinations 
or show weekly evidence of a negative test or those employees will lose their jobs or the companies will suffer $14,000 in fines for each infraction with 140,000 with 140,000 for repeated infractions. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Yeah, it is. It's about protecting yourself Mm -hmm. and those around you, the people you work with, the people you care about, the people you... Again, keep in mind, this entire thing is predicated on the idea that the vaccine keeps you from getting or spreading COVID or else it has nothing to do with what he's talking about. You love. My job as president is to protect all Americans. So tonight, I'm announcing that the Department of Labor is developing an emergency rule to require all employers with 100 or more employees that together employ over 80 million workers to ensure their workforces are fully vaccinated or show a negative test at least once a week. Some of the biggest companies are already requiring this. United Airlines, Disney, Tyson's Food, and even... They're right. That that is their right to do. That is a great place to stop his face. Um, That is their... that Disney, Tyson Food, Delta Airlines, whoever the fuck he just said. Uh, That is their right to do that as owners of that company. You are now mandating that everybody who didn't want to do that... You are now mandating they do it. So you are telling them how to run their business and you are forcing. mm, Okay, keep going before uh, I just launch into everything. Yes. Fox News. The bottom line, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. Yeah. So then. Yeah, I, I think I just had it extended a little bit um so then he went on to talk about the evil governors we know who he was talking about desantis um who are putting the choices up to individual parents on whether their children should have to wear masks and threaten their power uh and threaten their power in the states by calling them bullies for threatening the jobs and incomes of the teachers in their districts which is what I like to call irony, since he just said, if you don't get the vaccine, you're probably going to get fired. Or lose your business if you don't require it. So suddenly he cares about jobs. Or lose your here, business. Here, here's him lying. My plan also takes on elected officials and states that are undermining you and these life-saving actions. Right now, local school officials are trying to keep children safe in a pandemic while their governor picks a fight with them, and even threatens their salaries or their jobs. Talk about bullying in schools. If they'll not help, if these governors won't help us beat the pandemic, I'll use my power as president to get them out of the way. The Department of Education has already begun to take legal action against states undermining protection that local school officials have ordered. Any teacher or school official whose pay is withheld for doing the right thing, we will have that pay restored by the federal government 100%. 
Again, any teacher who wants to wear a mask can do so. Any administrator who wants to wear a mask can do so. Any student who wants to wear a mask can do so. Any, the schools right. are even allowed to give them out for free. They just can't mandate it. Right. If the parents say, I want my child to wear a mask, the school will say, okay, and give them a mask. Or if they're wearing a mask, they're not going to force them to take it off. If yep. the parents are saying, I don't want my child to wear a mask, then the teachers will go, okay, and they aren't wearing a mask. And I know that because that's the schools that they go to. And I, when I drop them off at school, not often, um, but when I have dropped them off at school or when I pick them up from school, they, some of the students are wearing masks, others aren't. Yep. Some of the teachers are wearing masks, some of them aren't. And you know what? Everybody seems pretty darn happy about it. So the fact that you have school boards who are going out there saying, we want to do this and we need to do this. And uh, teachers and the teachers unions are saying, we don't feel safe, blah, blah, blah. Listen, teachers unions, you guys work through cold season, flu season. Uh, you've worked through Ebola here and you yep. work through Zika here in Florida with little issue and yep. you weren't asking for anything special there. Uh, stop trying to get out of your jobs. I know that you would prefer to stay at home. Many of you here in Florida only I'm not referring to any other school districts anywhere. Um, of course, I know that you're trying to stay Right. Uh, I know that you're not trying to stay at home. I know that I know you're trying to stay at home because you really enjoyed uh, drinking wine out of your coffee mug uh, much easier than you used to. However, maybe possibly teach the students. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe teach them The keep in mind uh, the CDC's own report that came out said that forcing children to mask had no discernible effect on the spread of COVID. Literally none. You know what actually did have an effect? Was introducing better ventilation, bringing in more fresh air. Because it turns out that this is like every other virus that when you bring in more fresh air and you have more airflow, it's harder for it to spread. Wonder of wonders. So instead, they're wasting all this money and resources on enforcing something that according to their own data, and anyone with common sense who's ever seen a 5-year-old or 10-year-old trying to wear a freaking mask for 8 hours knows that with a bunch of other kids wearing it too knows that that will do absolutely bup kiss nothing to slow the spread of, of a, a highly virulent respiratory illness um also let's keep in mind does anyone want to take a guess how many children i want to say children under 18s how many minors how many americans under the age of 18 have died during this entire pandemic okay keeping in mind that we know of at least at least somewhere between five and five and a half million have contracted it. So knowing that, that millions of that, that we know of, which means millions more have gotten it. We never knew because they didn't even get sick. Didn't, didn't feel anything. Didn't know. So at least five and a half, five, at least five plus million have gotten it. Do you want to guess how many have confirmed as dying while having COVID? Not necessarily that they died from COVID, from, but that they died while having COVID. Do you know? From zero to 18. From zero to eighteen, I think it's four twelve. 
it's it's slightly higher. It is it is either just under or just over. I forget now. It's around 500. This virus has a case fatality rate of 0.0001%. I might be off by a zero, but yeah, I think you're off by a zero. Yeah, yeah, 0.001%. One one hundredth of one percent have dot no yes. one one thousandth of one no thousandth. Yes. So point zero one percent have died of this disease. Yeah, that's a hundredth. No thousand. Wait. So fifty. No, because it's ten. It's a tenth. It's a tenth hundred thousandth. So zero zero one. What less than one one hundredth of one percent of it, children? It is. And, it is and, such and, a small and, number. We're having trouble figuring it out. And at that low of a rate, that inevitably means that the children who were dying were children. And it doesn't make it okay that they died. I'm just saying that they probably were already immunocompromised or dealing with a, a deadly illness. They were pro either or morbidly obese or had multiple uh, other issues. You are not hearing stories of otherwise healthy children who were going to school and were dropping dead of COVID. It's a lie. It is a lie. They will show one or two of the same picture of a kid on a respirator over and over and over and over again and say, yes, that's why all kids have to wear masks, even though our own studies show that they that has nothing to do with it. And they're already talking about vaccinating them, too, even though, again, uh, there was actually a study from the UK that I believe it was the UK that said that uh, men between boys between the age of 12 and 17 were more likely to get uh, high heart uh, inflammation disease uh from the vaccine than they were to end up in the hospital because of covid but governor desantis is the bully and we're not a fan of governor desantis so yeah um and i w i wish that it was satire where because it seems like an snl an snl bit where he's like i'm gonna bully you into this and then i'm gonna accuse somebody else of being a bully for yep. literally giving people choice, for yep. literally giving people choice. It's not satire. The The world we live in is, it's no longer satire. It, we cannot write comedy as good as what they're giving us, but this comedy is just pissing me off. Um, he then went on to speak about the booster shots that are going to be coming uh, in coming in order to give people continued protection from COVID. And there's going to be more on that in a minute as their vaccines become less effective against new variants and the immunities in the body wears out. Now, remember, 42% is Pfizer's effectiveness rate, efficacy uh, right now with the Delta variant. The Mu variant is now out there. I'm certain it's going to drop, which is why they are going to need these boosters. Yep. 58% unaffected. Yep. Yep. Now, again, very more effective than that in keeping you from getting sick, as we understand it. But in terms of stopping you from getting or spreading COVID to others, which is the whole purpose behind a mandate, that it's not just, you know, your own personal choice to make with your health. It's about being able to spread it to others. It's all a lie. And remember back when people would suggest that there were going to be booster shots and it was right wing Trumper QAnon alt right Nazi propaganda and you're going to get black. Yeah, no, it's all true. It's all true. It was always all true. And they always uh, so said it was, it was always knew it was going to be true. Last last um, April, I think uh, Thomas Massey uh, tweeted and he said, 
mask mandates lead to vaccine mandates. And everybody said that he was a conspiracy theorist and he was QAnon and he was crazy and he was the most dangerous. No, that was before that. Never mind. He wasn't called the most dangerous man in Congress. That was Karl Rove, I believe, that said that. Um, but he was called all of these things. The Alex Jones conspiracy, blah, 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 blah. Yep. Except now he can sit there and say, I was right. Uh, because the mask mandates led to this. If you complied to this, they expect you to comply to this. And we shouldn't have complied then. We shouldn't have complied then. And we sure as hell, if you don't, again, if you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. Yep. If you want the vaccine, get the vaccine. If you don't want the vaccine, this is the hill. This is the hill, because if you think for one second that they are going to sit there and say, well, they took this one medicine that we forced them without any fight, Mm -hmm. there is another medicine coming. And it's coming real quick. Yep. Yeah. Now, of course, again, Matt and everyone else watching this, I, I I have to be clear in saying that the purpose of this vaccine mandate is to get it out to as many people as possible because this is a serious virus and we don't want it spreading. We don't want people getting sick and dying. It is absolutely crucial uh, to make sure that every single American is getting this vaccine, which is why all of Congress and their aides and all of the Supreme Court and everyone who isn't in the executive branch of the federal government is completely exempt from it. They don't have to do it. You do, but they, they don't have to do it. It's important for you to get it because it's safe and uh, and it's about public safety, but they don't because well, they don't. Nancy Pelosi said why it wasn't. She said, uh, so here's the thing. We, are, we, we, we cannot require someone to be vaccinated. That's just not what we can do. It's a matter of privacy to know who is or who isn't. I can't go to the Capitol physician and say, give me the names of people who aren't vaccinated so I can go encourage them or make it known to others to encourage them to be vaccinated. So we can't, we, we can't, we can't do that. And, and to you. be clear, she said this on April. She said this on April 29th. She has not changed this statement since Biden's order. Uh, no. That has not changed. She hasn't. She has not amended this statement since last Thursday. Uh, so remember, it is about privacy of anybody working in Congress, any of the aides working in Congress. It is their privacy. But they just told. All of your employers, if you work for a company that has 100 or more employees, they just told all of your employers that it isn't about your privacy. You can force them to do it. They have to show you proof that they did it. And if they didn't do it, they have to show you proof every week that they passed a test saying that they do not have COVID. Now, the cost of this test the company can pick up or they can pass that along to the employee. So meaning you, the employee is going to have to go to the doctor every week to get tested for COVID in order to come in with your permission slip to show up to work. To your own job. And by the way, putting aside the fact that that's about 150 bucks a pop if you're paying out of pocket, and uh, that racks up every week, huh? Six hundred bucks a month, seven fifty on the ones that have that are partial weeks. Uh, there is uh, the fact that uh, 
You ever tried going to the doctor recently? And I say that as someone who gets tested for COVID at least once or twice a month. Yeah, you're waiting hours, bud. And that's before everyone has to go and get tested by mandate if they don't want to get the vaccine. Yeah, you're going to have to take about a day off a week to get that test. And they haven't said yet whether you got to wait to hear what the results are. This is entirely unworkable. They're making you get the vaccine. What they're doing is they're making the boss say, no, listen, you just got to get the vaccine or we'll find a reason to fire you because you can't be gone this long. Just get the vaccine. Right. And because we're not paying $14,000 every time that you... Right, because we're not paying $14,000. Now, all of this comes on the tail end of news breaking uh, of a... uh, Where are we? A report. A little little bit higher. Yeah, report that says people with natural immunity uh, may be even more protected than those with the vaccine alone, which uh, I think uh, who would have said that in the past? Oh, us. We've said that. We've said that here. Yeah. And now this report out of Israel, the study out of Israel uh, says it. Um, So. During a recent interview on CNN, Dr. Sanjay Gupta asked Dr. Fauci about this. And just, and just real quickly, um, there was a study that came out of Israel about natural immunity. And basically the headline was that natural immunity provides a lot of protection, even better than the vaccines alone. Um, how, what, are, what are people to make of that? So, so as we talk about vaccine mandates, there are, I get calls all the time. People say, I've already had covid I'm protected, and now the study says maybe even more protected than the vaccine alone. Should they also get the vaccine? How do you make the case to them? You know, that's a really good point, Sanjay. I don't have a really firm answer for you on that. That's something that we're going to have to discuss regarding the durability of the response. The one thing the paper from Israel didn't tell you is whether or not as high as the protection is with natural infection, what's the durability compared to the durability Mm of a vaccine. So it is conceivable that you got infected, you're protected, but you may not be protected for an indefinite period of time. Because certainly if something is making you more protected, there's no reason to think it would last as long as something making you less protected. When the entire purpose of it is immune response, which is how vibrantly and robustly your immune system is responding to something, certainly something that's making that be better wouldn't last as long or longer and or he's sitting there saying you may not you may not be protected for an indefinite amount of time you know like with the vaccine you rat face sociopathic little fuck because because in israel now if you've got the two shots if it's been four months you are considered unvaccinated you have to continually get the boosters and that is what they are moving to here That is 100% what they're moving to here. With natural immunity, Israel is saying, yeah, this is better protection. This is better protection because they know that the immunity that you get from these vaccines, which by old definition aren't vaccines, they know that the immunity that you're getting from this wears off. And that's why you need the boosters. Yep, yep. It is all... 
we've been saying all of this stuff we've been saying we're not scientists or 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 uh medical professionals this is brief reading of the history of viruses and 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 vaccination and the reality that uh when it comes to respiratory illnesses and coronavirus there is no vaccine that makes you immune forever or even for many 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 years it doesn't work that way the vir- the vaccines that are for that last longer like the chickenpox vaccine or the shingles vaccine or the smallpox vaccine uh or or uh, the uh, uh any of the other polio. vaccines polio vaccine these are for viruses that are completely different than coronaviruses and respiratory viruses they last longer they have higher rates of immunity i think the, the for the smallpox and the coronavirus uh, the polio vaccines it's like well into the mid to high 90s uh which means that if you have everyone vaccinated you eventually you have herd immunity pretty quickly at even like 60 percent vaccination here's the reality folks if uh if this thing gave the kind of immunity they're pretending it does and which no data supports it having at 60 65% vaccination plus the people that already have gotten it we are this thing would not be able to spread in any real way there'd be small pockets right. of areas that would have a spread but it, it would it the, through the what they call the swiss cheese effect of, of herd immunity it would it would not be able to spread in any real way and we're not seeing that not just here but in other countries like israel and other countries that have much higher rates of vaccination that are seeing record surges of COVID. Now, what are they also seeing? They are seeing reductions in the number of hospitalizations. Well, that's good. So that's a reason that many people might want to choose to get it. It's also a reason to say that there's no reason to make people do it. And the more you try to make people do it, the more many people are going to reflexively say, no, I'm not going to do it. I'll just take the risk. And it is, it's, there's, they, and they know that. They know this is not helping uh, increase herd immunity. This is about control. It is not about the vaccine. I say this very often. Take out the pretext behind why they do something. You know, the Patriot Act, it was Al-Qaeda. Uh, the stuff that they're doing with Apple, with uh, seizing all of your, all of your uh, data and, 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 you know, searching it for things is child porn. For this, it's the vaccine. Take out the pretext and just put X there. And then ask yourself, am I cool with the government saying that I can't work or that I can't go to the store or I I can't go to school, my kid's school or I can't or my own school or I can't go to a stadium or to a major event or to a mall or to a gym or to a restaurant or to this or to that if I don't do X? Am I cool with giving them that ability and that power and that mechanism to enforce that? And if your answer isn't yes, then don't support it for this. So you know that lawsuits are coming. We've said it on the show. Lawsuits are coming. Like that, that is happening. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I believe multiple are probably already being filed um, over this executive order. Many of them coming from GOP governors, legislatures, and uh, to them, Biden had this sentence to say which there is no clip of because it's so short i didn't want to make it have at it yeah and why is biden not worried because he's, why is he biden not worried what he's saying well that too uh but none of it like none of his staff is worried no no <laughs> it's true um <laughs> but 
think of all of the things that the government has done uh, that violated the Constitution, that violated our privacy rights, that violated our personal rights, that violated all of it. And uh, they've all stood. They've all stood in the name of safety and health and whatever. But in this specific case, in this one, every instance, everything that they could possibly sue about, there is a choice. The organization, like your jobs, uh, they don't have to keep you. They don't, they don't have to keep you. It's not going to cost them $14,000. You say, I'm not getting vaccinated or I'm not showing you my vaccine card. Fire you. Just done. Uh, if you're the employee, you don't have to get the vaccine. You just have to get weekly COVID tests in order to keep your job. Uh, school districts and hospitals, uh, they don't have to do that. They don't have to get the vaccine. They just no longer get federal money. Much of this choice comes from the inch after inch we have seceded to the government over the course of the country's history. I want everybody to think back. Many of you won't remember this because you're young. Um You weren't alive yet. Uh, Reagan never said that you have to make the states drinking age 21. But every state did it. Louisiana was the last holdout. The reason they all did it is because he said, if you don't make the states drinking age 21, uh, you won't get money for the roads. And every state buckled. Yep. Every one of them buckled. If, if like Spike said, if what five ten percent of them said no, if five of five of them were like no, fuck you, uh, that entire policy would have been gone. Yeah, it would if have been five gone. states, especially if they had been you know around different parts of the country. After a year or two of everyone losing all their alcohol revenue because of people going or or losing large amounts of their alcohol revenue because people were going to states where they could get it cheaper and they're losing out on that because they're not just buying it for people under 18 illegally, uh, the uh, they would have had to say, listen, you know, back off, you know, let let us make this choice. Don't don't force us into it. And that would have gone away. But they didn't because of the money. So in this case, instead of going after states, what Biden is doing, because he's not, he's not going after states this time. He's, he, nope. he is taking a different approach, and now he is going after the industries. He's going after the healthcare industry. He's going after the education industry, and he's going after private businesses. Yep. And he's going after them with $14,000 fines, no more federal money, uh, just I will cut you guys off from anything that you have gotten used to from every shitty government program that we have enacted over the last 50 years, you won't get any of that money anymore if you don't do exactly what I'm saying right now. Or if you're a private business, you will be funding the money we are giving them to pay for the shitty government programs that we have enacted over the last 50 years at $14,000 a pop. Thousands of people are going to lose their jobs over this. And it would not surprise me if it becomes a mandate that if you want 
to be on federal uh, federal unemployment, you have to be vaccinated. Oh, that's coming. Yeah. The 15 days to slow the spread is going to turn into three shots in the arm or you don't feed your family. Well, and not just three shots in the arm, but, you know, a uh, a shot every four to six months in the arm or you can't right. feed your family. Right. Yeah. Right now, it's it, it's three shots in the arm, but it's going to continue going. Um, now, like Spike said earlier, this is a OSHA emergency temporary standard, which because it is an ETS, it doesn't have to go through the question and polling session. It can start almost immediately. So I don't think it takes 120 days for this. Okay, so because it's the emergency one. Okay, then I stand corrected, yeah. Right. I, I believe I, I'm, I'm not calling, I'm not saying you're wrong. Definitely. But I believe that's what I read. Um, but this is the first ETS in 38 years. In between 1971 and 1983, there were nine, nine ETSs. Three of them were not challenged. And those had to do with asbestos, vinyl chloride, and DBCP which is like a soil additive for anybody who didn't know. I didn't know what it was. Um, one was upheld. Only one, or sorry, only one was upheld and they let it pass of the six that were challenged. And that one had to do with asbestos. Um, the, other five, the other five were stayed or vacated or partly vacated. So ETSs do not have a good win rate in the court systems. Well, that but is hopeful, like Biden. But... Sorry. Go, no, no, no. Yeah, no, that's, that's like hopeful. Yeah. It's hopeful. But like Biden said, this is not about freedom. And he's correct. This is absolutely not about your freedom. None of this has been about your freedom. They made you mask up. They told you to stay at home. They made you not work. You lost your jobs. Businesses shut down. None of this was about your freedom. All of this was about control. And all he wants to do is have more control over you. Because once they know that they can get you to take this vaccine and that not 10% of the people are going to stand up and fight, he knows that they'll be able to do that in the future whenever the fuck they want to. And he does not give a shit about your freedom. I'm adding a lot of words that aren't in the notes. Uh, he does not give a shit about your freedom. He cares about control. And I'm not even going to say it's Biden that cares about control. They, the, 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 the royal they care about yep. control. Yep, yep. It is, and, and it is, it was just the mask, bro. It's just the mask, just the mask. Why can't you wear the mask? Just no, the mask. It's the yeah. mandate. It's fi- it was just 15 mandate. days. Just stay at home for two it's weeks. 15, it's going to be okay, bro. 15 days, bro. It's always the thing until it's the next thing. And that's what we've been saying from the beginning. We said that, you know, or I shouldn't say we said that because I was a neocon when the Patriot Act came out. But the libertarians and the people who saw this coming said, this is a problem. It's only going to get worse. Government uses the pretext and they introduce it. And like Matt said, he's doing this through uh, the uh, all of the connections that have been created between the government and pri- so-called private indus- industry. Control them. 
give them stuff and then make them reliant on that, that on the protections that they have, on the money that they get, on the tax breaks they get, whatever they're getting. And the and then you can make them do your bidding so that you can say, well, it's not just us. It's the private companies doing it, bro. Well, it's not. It is the state using that. We've seen it with social media censorship and we're seeing it with this now. Here's the reality. This is what we've been warned about for quite some time. It is the merging of of big government and big business. It is the merging of state and corporate power. And if if only there was a word for that, if if only there was a, a term or something that described the merging of state and corporate power under a corporatist economic system, uh, uh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. And I, I just, I wonder what it, what it could be. I wonder, I wonder what it could, could it be fascism? I just made that, by the way. I was going to say, you just made that. I just made that. Fascism. Fascism. Hmm, could it be well, isn't that special? Satan? Isn't that special? Isn't that special? So there is a response to this, and I talked about it on Kennedy last week, and uh, and there is a way to deal with this and a way to fix it. And it's a, it is a personal choice, as with all things, because we are not going to try to tell you you have to do anything, because we're not the statists. But there is a way to handle this. And um, there's someone who made a video that describes it better than, well, he technically used me, so I guess he can't describe it better than me because he used me. But the, uh, he, he, he made it as powerful as you possibly could, and that's Dan Spots of The System Is Down. And uh, I'll, just, uh, I'll just show it and, and, and let you uh, see for yourself. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. We must increase vaccinations among the unvaccinated with new vaccination requirements. It's not going to work. We have other countries with much higher rates of vaccination, and they're seeing record surges of COVID because that's what viruses do. Many of us are frustrated with the nearly 80 million Americans who are still not vaccinated. Them, their freedom. I want my freedom to live. Rest in peace, Wheezy. We are going to need the people to engage in age-old American tradition of simply saying, no, I'm not going to comply. Now, what are you going to do about it? It never stops. They want things to get worse because they want you to suffer so that they can grandstand on your suffering and push for even more control. They have criminalized freedom. They've made getting sick illegal. This isn't about COVID any more than the Patriot Act was about Al-Qaeda. It's about government asserting more control over your lives, your rights, your properties, and in this case, your bodily autonomy. It has a lot of vaccinated people alarmed because of the power grab that's involved. Enough is enough. We better change our tune and start resisting. Government makes up less than 1% of the population. If even 5 or 10% of Americans simply refuse to comply, all of this goes away. Absolutely, this is the hill worth dying on. We haven't given the statutory authority to any agency to do this kind of thing there is no such thing as government power there's only what we are willing to comply to we're in the tough stretch and it could last for a while that's what this has always been about it's never about what they say it is it's about controlling you and it ends when we decide 
to end it. This BS is going to stop. It's time for us to There's wake up. There's only one way to fight back against this, and it's mass noncompliance. This is the most important thing to fight against. You can help stop this. You are the power. There's nothing, not a single thing we're unable to do if we do it together. You ever have someone make something where it's you talking, but it makes you more excited than when you were saying it? Right. I'm, so the first time I saw that, I, I literally chills. And Dan, yeah. Dan is so good at that. I literally think it's chills. Me like, talking. Like I, I was like, oh. Like I hear you talk all the time, and I never get that excited. But man, Dan made that made you sound like whew, that was like a Bruckheimer film. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's but I mean he did that during the campaign. I'd be like, wow, maybe I should be vice president. Like I, I mean, just like the <laughs> like the way he died. I'm like, uh, so that's it, guys. That's the that's the po- that's the episode. But yeah. That is that That's is where we're at. Uh, it, if if you um, if you work at a job and you have more than a hundred employees at that job, and they are going to mandate you, uh, you have a choice to make. I'm not going to tell you what choice to make. It's completely 100 percent up to you. Yeah. Yep. Um, if you want to get the vaccine, 100 percent up to you. Get it. Get it if you want it. If you don't want it, don't get it. Up to you. I will not judge anybody either way. Um, I'm putting the link to the video. We've had requests for the road to hell uh, video, and I'm going to put up the different versions. There's one on Twitter, there's one on YouTube, and there's one on Facebook. So I'm going to send each one um, so you can. Yeah. And, and like the scientific libertarian what, says, you cannot comply and still get vaccinated. You can just refuse to enforce or support the policy. You can also refuse to uh, to show that you're vaccinated. You can refuse to uh, enforce it as the uh, as the, the the person in charge. I mean, you you don't have to actually comply even if you want to get vaccinated. And we are not against you getting vaccinated. Like I said, it is every bit of evidence I've seen shows that personal. it's very it's a personal choice. And every bit of evidence I've shown shows that for at least the vast majority of people, it is uh, it is safe uh, and it is likely to keep you out of uh, of the hospital. If you're and especially if you're someone who is older, someone in your 60s, 70s, 80s, etc. If you're obese, if you have other comorbidities, if you have a reason to suspect that you won't that you would be more likely to get sick because there's quite a bell curve on this thing in terms of who gets sick from it, um, you know, or who is likely to get sick from it for most people you're likely to not get very sick from it um but if you still want to get vaccinated because you just want to you know don't want to risk it then you should choose to do that but but it is um this is a personal choice to make and it always has been um sorry go ahead and again whatever yeah you're fine um whatever you guys choose we support you in that choice we support you unless you have a business and you're going to mandate your employees who don't want, I don't, I don't support you there. Um, but no matter what, this is, this is your personal choice. It should be your choice. The fact that they are mandating it should not change the fact that it is your choice. Like this guy says, 
if five, 10% of the people stand up and say, no, we are not going to comply with this, it'll go away. Yep. We all have a choice to make. Everybody here has a choice to make. Everybody watching, everybody listening, um, anybody who's not, anybody who you share this with later, uh, they all have choices to make. And it is up to each person to make that decision, to make that choice. And if five to 10% of us stand up and make the choice to not comply, this goes away. Yep. All right. I have put the links to uh, the Road to Hell video from Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. So uh, whatever you're wanting to share it from. Uh, I will tell you, if you share a YouTube video on Facebook, no one's going to see it. Unless you put like a picture up and then share the video in the comments, no one's going to see it. Just go ahead and share the Facebook video or, uh, um, or, or you know, uh, share, you know, a picture and say that you're going to have a video in the comments and put it in the comments because Facebook kills YouTube um, videos. Um, but I also show the, the, the Twitter one and the Facebook video as well. Um, so, uh, but yeah, uh, so we just, you know, again, it's a personal choice. Uh, if you want to get it, it's a personal choice. If you want not to comply, I'm never going to encourage you to do anything that harms your ability to provide for yourself and your family. That's a choice for you to make. Um, I will tell you if... that the more people don't comply, the more, and again, it's not just this. It's not going to end here. They're going to just keep pushing to the next thing. Look at Australia. They're putting people in camps. Look at what the guy in New York wants to do. And no, there's no threat of it happening now, but does anyone for a second think that we're not eventually it's, headed there? It's a minimal, it's a very minimal threat that it happens now. There's at the, a small at the chance, moment, yes. But... At, the mo at the moment, it's a minimal threat, but does anyone think that's not where we're eventually headed? If, if this keeps going on five years from now, four years from now, six, ten years from now, whatever. Well, bro, you just got to let them detain you, bro. We got to keep safe, bro. Like, it, we're headed there. And... It stops when we stop it. It stops when we say, no, we're not doing this anymore. And it's impossible for you to make all of us do it or even a large number of us do it. And they have to back off and they have to be accountable. And it also helps to kick them all out of office and replace them with libertarians who would never do this to you. That's the show. We are very happy that you all tuned in and most of you stayed the entire time. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I uh, mean, you so guys always do like our audience, like once, once they're here, they're like, Oh, we're watching. And, and we appreciate all of you. Thank you our, all. Um, our audience retention is insane. Um, so it's thank insane. You again for, thank you again for sticking around for almost three hours now. Um, tomorrow night, uh, is an episode of my fellow Americans and I'm going to have Wolf Von Leyer on my show, Von Leyer on my show. He is the CEO of Students for Liberty. And we're going to be talking about Students for Liberty is a, uh, uh student-based, uh, uh, college by co campus-based, uh, libertarian organization, um, that is international. They're in the U.S., they're in Canada, they're in most European countries, they're in Uganda, they're in Venezuela, they're in places that don't even have that many student organizations. They're all over the world. Uh, their CEO uh, is going to be on my show tomorrow, and we're going to talk about what Students for Liberty is doing. And we're going to talk about these vaccine mandates because they apply to the, uh, the colleges and universities as well. 
uh, and to many of these students who are graduating and going into the workforce. We're going to talk about how it affects them. Um, so uh, he's going to be my guest uh, tomorrow. And then uh, you have an episode on Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Yes, of, I do. Uh, the Writer's I Club. do. I do. Uh, and uh, Christine Kostler, Christine Kostler Womack. Yes. Kostler. Okay. Yes. Christine Kostler Womack. Uh, she is the community organizer of the Libertarian Party of York, Pennsylvania, and serves on the membership committee uh, of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. Uh, she's been with the party since 2019, a very active member, and uh, we are going to be discussing just a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, so make sure that you tune in Thursday at eight o'clock for the writer's block with Christine Kostler Womack. Yeah, in the in 2020, she was uh, the Jorgensen Cohen uh, state manager for Pennsylvania. She also collected more signatures for the the push to get uh to get the libertarian party on the ballot in pennsylvania she got i want to say that she got like two thousand signatures or something like that herself just insane she got like more than the top 10 other people combined she's insane anyway uh and then uh on friday uh will be the uh next episode of uh from bayous to igloos uh with cajun and eskimo um, also, uh, I will be uh, in Pennsylvania, in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, all weekend uh, for the Perspectives on Freedom event uh, brought to you by the Liz Terwilliger for Congress campaign. If you'll recall, Liz was on our show uh, a couple of uh, uh, Liz was on our show a couple months back, and that was when it was announced that I would be in Pennsylvania. I didn't know yet, and uh, and so uh, if you are anywhere near the um, uh, the uh, that area of Pennsylvania, the Williamsport area of Pennsylvania, I think Eastern Pennsylvania. Come on out and see us. Uh, you can find more out uh, by going to the Facebook page, Perspectives on Freedom. Are you oh, gonna swing by on... the? Uh... Go ahead. Are you gonna swing by the Little League Hall of Fame while you're there? Sure, I can show them my pitch. <laughs> Twelve-year-olds would laugh at you. Um... I can show them my Little League level pitch. I, and I think they'll be impressed because uh, that was a big boy game we were playing there. Um, and then on Monday, uh, join us for uh, the next episode of uh, of uh, Mr. America, the Bearded Truth. Mr. America. Mr. America, Bearded Truth with uh, Jason Lyon. Uh, incredible, incredible uh, show. Every Pretty much every show is incredible. Uh, and then next Tuesday... Right back here, same muddy place, same-ish muddy time. Uh, join us for another incredible episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's event like the chipper little monkeys we are. Matt, if someone were to try to find us on the internet, is that even possible? Oh, next, and if, real quick, ne next week we may know who wins the California governor. Um, <laughs> we also... We might know that at 11 o'clock. Um, oh, yeah, it would be possible. Um, it would be possible. All one would have to do is head on over to anchor.fm slash muddied waters. Yes, hello, yes. Sorry, I was pulling I was pulling up the recall election result. Yeah, but the polls haven't closed yet, so it doesn't matter. Yes. But. If you head to anchor.fm slash muddied waters, you can hear every episode of muddied waters media. You can also leave us messages that we will play. Yes. Live 
on the air on yeah, Tuesday nights. And you used to be able to donate, but you don't. You can't donate anymore now. You can do something even more powerful and exciting. Yes, you can subscribe. Yes. And I wasn't subscribe. sure if you were gonna play the. Vi- I wasn't oh, sure if you were gonna play the videos. Yeah, you can. You can subscribe. You can subscribe, but it's gonna be loud because they can hear it. But. Subscribe. You can become a member and to get on and get 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 the free access to things. Well, it's not free because you're gonna pay for it. You get exclusive access. Exclusive access to things and exclusive coupon codes to our store. And I don't want to give away too much, but possibly, possibly, possibly in the future. Yeah. The the ability to get tumblers from Defy the Power. Wow. With your logo, with our logo on it, not with your our logo. Wow. Why would we put your logo on it? I'll put your logo on it. Or you can find this in every other episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com. So remember, for 10 bucks a month, there's a whole lot of things that you could be getting um, that are coming your way, plus the muddied Zoom uh, that we didn't mention in the creepy section. Uh, we will be doing those once a month. Uh, we just need to schedule those. Hang out, hang out with us on Zoom and the muddied Zoom. Um, <laughs> thank you all so much for tuning in. Yes, thank you for being here for three hours. And in seven minutes, we're going to know who is going to be the governor of California. Bye, folks. We love you. Where we're going. We don't need roads.